0: The highly anticipated alliance was announced, and it was a bunch of crap. I'll explain why, and I'm going to talk about all things playoff, 12-team playoff, 18-team playoff, the future of it. It is related to this alliance. It's all related. Let's get into it. Hey, it was BYOG, bring your own guts. Five, the national championship
1: on the line.
0: They won't catch him, I don't believe Fires to the end zone, touchdown! He's going for the corner, he's got it! There goes Davis! Oh my god! Davis! It's caught! It's caught! It's caught! Oh, is that a good game or what? What's up, guys? Well, I'm just going to get right into it. We finally had news from the Pac-12, ACC, Big Ten on their alliance. Everybody was anticipating the announcement of this alliance. You know, the way it's been covered is like it's this huge, giant deal. And I made it very clear in my last episode that it could be a big deal. I laid out very clearly that, in my opinion, there was really only one thing that this alliance could do that would actually kind of matter. Now, none of it was going to bring the three other conferences to SEC level by any means or really do anything to match the move of the SEC going out and getting Oklahoma and Texas. But what I thought this alliance could accomplish was something on the scheduling front. And I explained that. It had nothing to do with what you would think. Like, oh, let's have more matchups between each other. Of course, that would be part of it. But as many college football pundits have already pointed out, we already have that, right? Just this upcoming season, we're getting Washington and Michigan. We're getting Ohio State and Oregon. We get games like that every now and then, right? But what I was trying to say is that the main thing they could accomplish that I think would be great for their schedules and brands moving forward was that if they could agree that us three conferences will no longer play any fcs opponents number one and basically not really any g5 opponents either we're going to have 12 game schedules against power five teams only or at least respectable group of fives because as i pointed out that is a tough respectable schedule no matter what really happens with those 12 teams okay who do we talk crap about we talk crap about clemson a lot because their weak acc schedule as of late but i've been trying to make the point that i don't think it's really the the eight acc games clemson plays that makes its schedule so weak it's the fact that the acc is down and then the remaining games, the remaining four games for them are against lesser competition because they'll go and ske- schedule McNary, McNeeville, Jackson, Lunatic State, <laughs> right? That's the problem. Now, obviously, the, uh, Clemson, they do play South Carolina every year. And this year they got Georgia. But imagine if everybody took a Notre Dame approach to scheduling, right? Notre Dame, I've always praised their schedule. Even in years when they play a a Florida State team that's down or a Georgia Tech team that's down, right? The fact that they go play 12 Power 5 opponents, sometimes they play one group of five school. And if you look at their schedule this year, that group of five school is Cincinnati. So they're playing top-level group of five schools when they do it. They're not throwing two, three FCS games. You guys realize that Alabama, right? We, we They're the top of the sport. We always point to them, and they always have a respectable schedule at the least because they do play in the SEC. They're going to play at least one, usually at least two top 10 matchups per year. The problem is, is I feel like we give them and a lot of other SEC schools too much credit because you happen to have gotten tested once or twice, but I feel like you should really have that offset by the fact that You basically get extra bye weeks when you're Alabama and you play New Mexico State or you play in Idaho or an FCS school. I mean, come on. Should Alabama or anybody in the SEC or even the ACC or anyone in the Power 5 really be playing FCS schools? I I think no. And I think that if the ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12 said, hey, we're going to make our schedule for every single team, we're going to give you 12 good games on paper. Yeah, obviously Ohio State versus Wake Forest is still a patsy game for Ohio State because they're at that level. But guys, trust me, a 12-game schedule of all Division I Power 5 teams with some group of five teams mixed in, that matters, I think. I really think that would be a huge deal. That would bring the TV deals for each conference up because if you're ACC home games and you have that contract, like maybe you're ESPN or if you're Fox and you have Big Ten or Pac-12, instead of, you know, the Pac-12 network having to cover Oregon versus Portland State, it might be Oregon versus Illinois, right? I mean, maybe to some people that doesn't matter, but to me as a college football fan... Even if Illinois sucks, and even if Oregon wasn't that good, and you're talking about two bad teams, that is way more intriguing to me to watch, to be a part of, than Oregon-Portland State or Illinois playing Ball State. It just is. That's better. And I think if they had that going for them, that would really put the pressure on the SEC to eventually adopt something similar, which... I just think would be better for college football in general. But again, I talked about this in the last podcast. I don't want to get too much into it. What I do want to talk about is the fact that the alliance they did announce was basically nothing. There's one thing that matters, and that's what I'm going to get into, is this whole podcast is going to center around the playoff. But let's first talk about what they did announce for the alliance. So basically, all this alliance was was them coming out and saying, Hey, we're in agreement together, we think similarly, and we're not super thrilled about what the SEC and ESPN are doing, so we're band together. There was nothing on paper signed, and I didn't expect them to because with so many different litigations, they really couldn't get into that, at least not right now, and unfortunately, there were no schedule changes. Now, one schedule change I didn't want them to make was a lot of people thought this alliance was going to come with, like, pushing the SEC out, and that they would band together to not schedule SEC teams, that would be a huge mistake. The whole point of the Alliance is not to separate from the SEC, it's to like come up with them and say, hey, college football is all still one, we're all still one league, right? So, for example, I think it was yesterday I saw that USC announced they're going to have a kickoff game with LSU. And everyone was like, so much for the Alliance, so much for the Alliance. I saw this all over Twitter, and it was like, well, what does that have to do with the Alliance? I think the Alliance, yes, while they should schedule each other more and fill in all those gaps, they should still go schedule SEC games, right? Again, I'm a Florida State fan, and I'm looking very forward to us playing LSU, us playing Alabama, us playing Georgia. We play all those teams Um, over the course of this, this decade. Alabama and Georgia will be home and homes. LSU is a series. The first game is in New Orleans. The second game is in Orlando. And obviously, Florida State plays Florida. Georgia Tech plays Georgia every year. Clemson plays South Carolina. Clemson's opening up with Georgia this year. And we need to keep those games. I just think that the conferences should have band together to say, hey, all these open dates, all of our FCS or kind of group of five schedules, all those Patsy games, we're going to replace with inter-conference games. And then obviously going forward, we're going to try to schedule more games with each other. But the word was, especially from uh, the commissioner in the Big Ten, he was basically saying, we're not ripping up any current contracts with, with scheduling. So basically that means that Whatever's scheduled right now, they're not going to get rid of. Which, like I said, is good in the sense of I wouldn't want them to go rip up future SEC games that they might have. But that also means that they're not going to get rid of any of the group of five opponents they have in the near future. So that is unfortunate. Basically, the main thing I wanted to see out of the Alliance isn't going to happen. Not that I was really expecting it to happen, but... To me, it was the one thing that they could do that wasn't unrealistic, right? Because, again, a bunch of people want unrealistic things to happen. I want Notre Dame to join the ACC. Well, it's, it's not going to happen. Y- you hear all sorts of fantasy stuff like that, especially on YouTube and, you know, people like me, right, that have their own small shows that they do kind of for fun. Maybe some of them are kind of big. They're making some money, but... They kind of just throw college football stuff out there and it's not news and it's it's just unrealistic. It's it's fantasy land, right? There's some people I actually respect on YouTube and stuff and they're saying a bunch of things about how West Virginia to the ACC and it's like I haven't heard anyone credible say anything like that. But these people are acting like this is something that's going to happen. So I try to bridge that gap, right? Like I I told you, like, this isn't about breaking news, this is about discussions and stuff, but I try to let you know when, like, hey, this is kind of a fantasy, this is something just I'm wishful for versus, hey, this is something realistic. And when I looked at this scheduling thing, yes, it was a fantasy and it was like a proposition of mine that I would have personally enjoyed and liked to see, but I thought it was also realistic and made sense. Again, not that I was expecting them to do it. Now, let's get into the main thing that this episode is going to center on, which is the playoff. So, back to the Alliance, the one thing that did come out of it is apparently they said that they're going to work on delaying the expansion of the 12-team playoff. And a lot of people are like, why would they do this? We keep hearing over and over, they need the playoff to expand, right? The SEC doesn't care. They need the playoff to expand, not the SEC. Blah, blah, blah. There is a little bit of truth to that, but let me explain a couple things. One of them being why the SEC might not benefit from an expanded playoff as much as some people think. This whole, oh, the SEC is going to get five teams in every year. That I don't know if that's true according to recent history. Also, I want to explain why I don't think the other conferences and the SEC right now want to just jump to that 12-team format given what happened to the Big 12. So let me explain why. So we keep hearing playoff expansion, 12-team playoff, SEC is going to get five teams in, maybe six, like, oh my goodness. Well, what if I told you that had we had a 12-team playoff dating back to 2014 when we entered the playoff era, that the SEC would only have gotten four teams in once, only twice would they have gotten three teams in, and twice would they have only gotten one team in. Let's go back and do some history. Let's go through the playoff between 2014 to 2019. Forget 2020, because you know, I don't count 2020 for anything. Let's look at the last normal season since the playoffs started, and let's break them down. So in 2014, had we had this 12-team format, we would have had three SEC teams. That would have been Alabama at number one, Mississippi State at number seven, and Ole Miss at number nine. Again, I'm going off of the playoff rankings at the end of the regular season, right? After championship Saturday, these are the rankings. Now, obviously, if we entered a new system, maybe these rankings would be a little different. And you also got to remember that under the new system, the group of five champion, the best group of five champion, automatically makes it. That's important, too, because... It's not until 2016, maybe, or 2017. It's not until 2017 that the Group of Five champion, of course, that year being UCF, ends up actually finishing in the top 12, right? In 2014, you would have had Boise State, who finished number 20 in the final rankings of the regular season. They would have made the playoff over georgia tech who finished number 12 right so the acc only got one team in the playoff in a 12 team format in 2014 that being florida state at the three seed georgia tech would have been the 12 seed but because we have an automatic bid for boise state being the best group of five champion they would have got in so going down the list like i said sec got three teams in the acc would have got one team in undefeated Florida State. The Big Ten would have had two teams in. Ohio State at number four, Michigan State at number eight. The Pac-12 would have also had two teams in. This is interesting. Oregon at number two. Remember, they went on to go to the national title game against Ohio State. But also Arizona at number ten. This is what's crazy about 2014. Listen to this. The Big 12 would have had three teams in the playoff. Remember, all the controversy was about the Big 12 that year, and they didn't have the championship game, and Baylor and TCU got screwed. So Baylor would have been the five seed. They finished number five, TCU six, Kansas State 11. So the Big 12 goes from three teams in a playoff, if we have a 12-team format, to zero teams in what the format team was that year. Crazy to me. And then, of course, I said the G5 was Boise State. Now, sitting just outside of that would have been Georgia at 13, UCLA at 14, Clemson at 17, right? This was Deshaun Watson's freshman year. Clemson was almost there, but they were like a 9-3, 10-2 team that year. You know, couldn't beat Florida State, couldn't beat South Carolina yet, but they were on the come up, right? So, jump to 2015. Try to get through these quick, but (laughs) bear with me. Like I said, I'm a big college football history nerd and buff And I love diving into the past and bringing it to the present. So just stick with me. I'm going to bring all this to the present, all right? So 2015, we have one SEC school making it. That's Alabama. The next highest SEC school in the rankings was Ole Miss at number 12. But because we're in this format where the best group of five champion gets an automatic bid... Houston, who finished number 18, takes Ole Miss' place. So remember, this is important. The ACC would have got three teams in this year, right? Oh, the ACC is so down. Well, in 2015, the SEC would have got one team in, and the ACC would have got Clemson at number one, Florida State at number nine, North Carolina at number 10. And remember, these are the rankings after conference championship week. This is what we would have had. The Big Ten would have also got three teams in. Michigan State at three, Iowa at five, and Ohio State at seven. Pac-12 would have only got one team in, Stanford at number six, and the Big 12 would have got two teams in, Oklahoma at number four and TCU at 11. Notre Dame would have got in at number eight. So remember, that's important too because Notre Dame and the best group of five champion in a 12-team format can be the two schools that steal at-large seats from the SEC, but but any conference, right? Okay, so jump to 2016. In 2016, again, you only had one SEC school that would have made it in the 12-team format, and that's Alabama. They were the number one seed. ACC would have got two teams in, Clemson at two, Florida State at 11. The Big Ten, this is crazy, guys, would have had four teams in the playoff in 2016. Ohio State at three, Penn State at five, Michigan at six, and Wisconsin at eight. That's pretty crazy because so far, they're the first and only conference to get that many teams in the playoff. That's pretty nuts. The Pac-12 would have got three teams in washington usc in colorado washington four usc nine colorado was ten the big 12 would have got one team in that would be oklahoma at seven now oklahoma state finished 12 but again western michigan at 15 would have taken that spot being an automatic qualifier right outside you had louisville at 13 auburn at 14 and that's another thing you gotta you gotta wonder it's like okay are we really going to let Western Michigan take the spots of an Oklahoma State, a Louisville? Right, Louisville would have made a third ACC team. Oklahoma State would have made a second Big 12 team. Auburn could have almost been the second SEC team, right? Just a couple spots outside of the the rankings to get there. Now, okay, 2017, the SEC would have got three teams in. Finally, the SEC gets back to three teams after what would have been two years off of that and that would have been georgia at three bama at four which those two teams did make the four team playoff and then auburn would have came in at number seven the acc would have got two teams again they would have got clemson in at one miami at 10 the big 10 would have got ohio state at five wisconsin at six penn state at nine so three teams again for the big 10 the pac-12 would have got two teams in usc at eight washington at 11 And the Big 12 would have only had Oklahoma. The Group of Five school was UCF, but they finally finished number 12 this time. So they're not really stealing a spot from someone ranked in the top 12. They get the automatic qualifier and they fall within the top 12. Now let's move on to 2018. The SEC, this is the one year the SEC would have potentially gotten four teams in the playoff and the only year okay? That would have been Alabama at one, Georgia at five, Florida at 10, and LSU at 11. ACC would have only got Clemson at two. The Big Ten, again, would have three teams in. Ohio State at six, Michigan at seven, Penn State at 12. The Pac-12 would have got one team. Washington, the Big 12 would have got one team, Oklahoma. Notre Dame would be in at number three and was in, the four team. And UCF, as the group of five champion, finished number eight. So not only did they get the automatic qualifier, they also finished in the top 12. Okay, jump to 2019. 2019, the SEC would have got three teams in. LSU at one, Georgia at five, and Florida at nine. Auburn finished number 12. But again, this is a year where the group of five champion, Memphis at 17, would have taken that spot because of the automatic qualifier that we're talking about giving them. ACC would have got Clemson in at The three seed, oh, the Big Ten again gets three teams in. Ohio State at two, Wisconsin at eight, and Penn State at ten. Pac-12 gets two again. Oregon at six, Utah at 11. The Big 12 finally gets two in. Oklahoma at four, Baylor at seven. Now, Bama was just outside also at number 13. Michigan was at 14, Notre Dame was at 15. So again, you're letting a Memphis team who would have got an automatic bid they would be jumping a school like Auburn, Bama, Michigan, Notre Dame. That's pretty crazy, right? And also, like, is Utah going to stay at number 11 when you have brands like Auburn and Bama and Michigan just a few spots behind them? Or does the committee put those teams in instead, right? Because it's so subjective. Like, you're not going to be able to call them out super hard either way. Anyway, so I just ran through the history of the four-team playoff in the full seasons that we had, right? It didn't count 2020 because it's too hard to judge that in the conversation we're having. But 2014 through 2019, that's what we have. So if I put the conferences in a column and line up like, okay, in, in this year, you know, SEC got three, Big Ten got two, ACC got one, and you run down the list, here's what you have for the totals. It's a lot closer than what people think. The SEC got 12 teams in the playoff over the course of of those years. From 2014 to 2019, 12 times an SEC team would have made a, a 12-team playoff. The Big Ten, 18 times would have made the playoff. Not Remember, I'm not saying 18 or 12 individual programs, right? This count, like Alabama makes it every one of these years almost. That's a new entry every time, right? So the Big Ten, 18 times, right? That's Ohio State going a lot. Michigan would have made it like three times (laughs) Penn State makes it like three times Wisconsin makes it at least twice if I'm not mistaken maybe more so the Big Ten was far and away the winner of this whole thing when you look at it this way the ACC would have got 10 teams in the Pac-12 11 times and the Big 12 10. So basically, you've got the SEC, the ACC, Pac-12, and Big 12 all sitting around there from 10 to 12, right? And then the Big 10 was the, t- the conference sitting there with the big trump card of 18. Even if you get rid of the automatic qualifier for the G5 school in the years where they finished outside of the top 12, that still would have only brought the SEC total to 14, Right, The ACC total would have now been 11 instead of 10, and the Big 12 total would have now been 11 instead of 10. So in that scenario, ACC, Pac-12, Big 12 would all be tied at 11, the SEC would be at 14, and the Big 10 would still be at 18, far and away the winner. Michael, why did you go through that whole history lesson that was fun, or maybe you're sitting there going, that was super annoying? Get to the freaking point. The point is, Has history really shown us that the SEC is going to benefit so greatly from 12 teams in the playoff? Or is the Big Ten going to be the biggest winner of a 12-team playoff? We know that at least from 2014 through 2019, the Big Ten would have been far and away the winner of that. 18 times they're getting a team in. 18 times compared to only 12 for the SEC. And... I think people need to look at this and realize how some of the SEC trump card stuff is a little overrated, right? You had two seasons there I mentioned where Alabama would have been the only team ranked in the top 12. The only team. 2015 and 16, they would have been the only SEC school in the playoff. At least according to these rankings at the time, and at least according to like if you try to, you know, put this together with this new system and you you backdate it. That's what it looks like. That's pretty crazy. I don't think a lot of people look at it this way and realize that. I think a lot of people just look back and go, oh well the SEC would have had four or five teams in the playoff every year dating back the last ten years if we would have had a 12-team format. It's not true. That's absolutely not true. So now what you have to ask yourself is does oklahoma and texas come into the sec really make a difference in their ability to get more teams in yes or no i'm not sure i've thought about this and i think you can go both ways in a way you can say right oklahoma comes in they're not taking anybody's place they're already really good and they could easily finish that way, right? And and I guess maybe Texas if they, if they come along too. But in the long run, in the long run, especially if the Big 12 is going to remain some sort of conference that gets an automatic bid, right? Because that's what you got to think about. In the 12-team format that's been proposed, it's the best six conference champions get automatic bids. And you got to be paying attention to the verbiage of that. It was not saying the top five power five champions and an automatic qualifier for the best group of five champion. That's how we all read it, and essentially 99% of the time, that's what it's going to mean. But technically, all the verbiage said was the top six conference champions get automatic bids. So theoretically, you could have a year where, I don't know, Let's just use the Pac-12, for example. Let's say the best team in the Pac-12 is like 8-4, and and you have UCF again dominating, finishing 11-1, or maybe undefeated out of the American Conference, and then you have like, like, Coastal Carolina this year wins their conference, or, or Boise State wins their conference, and they're bent, you got two other champions better than the Pac-12. Technically, in that situation, the Pac-12 champion doesn't automatically qualify, right? Because it's the top six conference champions. Now again, 99% of the time, that basically means that the Pac-12, the Big 12, the Big 10, the ACC, and the SEC champions would be in. Because you really can't go back and find any time that the champion of any of those leagues fell outside the top 12. Obviously, there's been times they fell out side the top four, even the top five, but never really the top 10 or 12. So they would be in. But now that we live in a world where Texas and Oklahoma aren't part of the Big 12, what does that do? Because, yeah, early 2014, 15, you would have had Baylor, TCU as these teams that could have cracked in the playoff. But as soon as you get to 2015, it basically became all Oklahoma right? Oklahoma actually did make it in 15. Oklahoma would have been the only team that made it in 16, had there been 12. Oklahoma was the only team and would have been the only team in 2017. Oklahoma was and would have been the only team in 2018. And Oklahoma... Was the only team in 19, but I guess Baylor did finish number 7, so they might have made it in. But th- the point is, without Oklahoma and Texas, the Big 12 is going to fall apart. And I explained this in my you know, last podcast on why I don't think the Big 12 can survive this. At least not as a Power 5 conference. Because, in my opinion, the Big 12 has no moves. You can go add every team in the American and you still don't have any brands that bring you up to that level. The revenue's not there. The recruiting isn't there. I've been uh, talking to some people on Twitter today, and everybody still keeps talking about, oh, the Big 12 needs to go add BYU. They need to, you know, grab these American schools. Some people even think, oh, no, the American's going to grab the Big 12 schools, and that's going to be big for them. Well, no, none of those moves. There's no move the American can make to bring them up to a Power 5 level, and without Texas and Oklahoma... There's no move that the Big 12 can make to remain at a power five level. They just can't do it, guys. Think about where the sport is going. The big brands run everything, right? I was talking to an Oregon fan on Twitter today, and in his mind, he's not totally wrong, but it seems like in his mind, you know, back 12's on top and is a power conference because they got USC, but, you know, Oregon's good. And Oregon being good right now doesn't mean anything. The Pac-12 revolves around USC. If USC left the Pac-12, the Pac-12 is in just as much trouble as the Big 12. And that that's why I honestly think USC is like the most important program as far as the future of college football, because the only way we keep the remaining power conferences we have and keep it at four is if USC stays in the Pac-12. If USC were to leave the Pac-12, whether they joined the Big Ten or joined another conference or just went independent, if that happened, we basically would now be down to three conferences, which means we're very quickly moving to two. Because in a scenario where there's only three, the ACC can't keep up with the Big Ten and the SEC. So you'd have to just have the best ACC schools, right? Clemson, Florida State, maybe Miami, Virginia Tech, whatever. They would just have to get out. And bam, you're instantly in that maybe two super conferences, and then we merged to one. So if if anybody's a fan, like I am, of keeping some of the tradition alive, right? It sucks that we're probably losing the Big 12. I don't want to see the Pac-12 go away at all, right? I, went, I graduated from University of Oregon, guys. Some of you don't know that. So I love the Ducks too, and I don't want to live in a world where the Oregon Ducks aren't a part of the big college football picture. I don't even really want to see Oregon State get left out of it. I mean, like, I grew up watching, you know, Oregon and Oregon State. Of course, Oregon's way better, but Oregon State's a Division One team in a Power 5 conference. They've had some decent teams the last 10, 20 years, so I don't want to see that go away. I don't want to go to 35-team super conference. I don't want to go to... We have conferences but they're basically tiered and every player and every coach wants to be in the SEC and they have all the money and the other conferences can't keep up and if you're in Ohio State or you're a Clemson or you're USC, your brand power loses because you can't keep kids in your schools because they'd rather play for a lower SEC school than the best Big Ten or the best ACC school. That's where we could be headed. I don't want that. But let me bring it all back in. When it comes to the playoff, forget the other three conferences. Do you really think the SEC wants to go to the 12-team format they just discussed? Of course, the SEC would love a playoff where 12 teams can get in. But remember, the way the negotiations happened... In case you were wondering why we went from 4 to 12, you know, why didn't we go to 6? Why didn't we go to 8? To the way it stru- was structured was that all the heads of the Power 5 conferences, maybe even the Group of 5 conferences, actually, they all had to agree unanimously on the new format, all of them, in order for us to move to a new playoff format, which is really weird. I think it should just be a majority-type thing. But the way they have it set up is that all the heads of the conferences have to agree, right? That's why Bowlesby was in there with Sankey and all the commissioners. They put together – in Notre Dame, right? They put together this commission for how to expand the playoff and what that would look like. And we got that 12-team format. The reason for that is – the reason why 8 wasn't going to work is because the Power 5 conferences – all want automatic bids, right? Their whole thing, their negotiating power, what they want to bring to the table is that we don't expand the playoff from 4 to 6 to 8 to 12, any expansion without automatic bids for their champions, right? The Pac-12 wants to say, I'm getting a team, one team at least in every year. That's what all these conferences want. And the group of five is saying, hey, if you're expanding the playoff, how about we're five entire conferences, can we at least get one team? our best champion from these five conferences. Can we at least get that person invited to the party every year? Just one? Can you give us one? So basically, all the conferences were like, we need six automatic bids. And Greg Sankey in the SEC said, the only way I'm going to give you six is if you give me six at-larges. Obviously, because he's hoping at least two or three of those can be taken by schools from his conferences each year. Even though I did just point out, given history, that wouldn't be the case all the time. So, I mean, crap, guys, 2020, I know I didn't talk about it, but you had Cincinnati and Coastal Carolina up there. They could have taken two at-large spots from Power 5 schools. So be careful what you wish for. But the point is, is now that the Big 12 isn't what they are, do you really think that SEC wants to let the champion of the new Big 12 get an automatic bid? I don't think so. I don't even think the other three conferences want that. And I think that's what this alliance was about. I think what it ended up being was they wanted to band together and delay the 12 team playoff because they don't want to now negotiate it until the Big 12 dissolves. Because, like I said, the Big 12 is going to dissolve. And if the Big 12 doesn't dissolve, it's still, I think, going to lose its credit as a power conference. So what I think you might have in the future is this. I think you're going to have, if we do the 12 team, right, let's assume we keep the 12 team format, which I don't like. I'd rather see eight. I'll explain that in a minute. But in the factual sense, let's say we do keep it at 12, what I think... The Alliance and the SEC, I actually think you're going to see all four of them band together on this topic and say, hey, instead of six automatic bids, let's cut that down to five. I mean, in a perfect world, they would only want four. None of the other conferences, especially the SEC, want an automatic bid for the group of five school. And as a college football fan, I I kind of agree with that too, right? Do we really want memphis in 2019 making a playoff right they finished number 17 and like we talked about they would have stolen a bid from auburn who finished 12th bama who finished 13th do we really want the memphis 2019 team to be in the college football playoff over a tuatunga vailoa led alabama team that still had all those great receivers right you're talking about an alabama team that still had jalen waddle jerry judy all the guys, right? Rugs, he was still there. No, I think most people would have wanted Alabama in, right? Even Michigan at 14 and Notre Dame at 15 would have been just way bigger deals money-wise for the group of five. Now, I don't know if we're ever going to be able to keep the group of five out if we go to 12, because if you're going to bring 12 teams in, The group of five schools have been complaining forever, guys, ever since the Boise State days, the TCU, the Utah days, you know, basically dating back to 2006 and really even before that. The group of five has just been begging for an opportunity to come to this postseason. And when the four-team playoff got announced, we acted like, oh, you have a chance now, right? Now you'll get in. Right? TCU in 2010 would have got in the 14 playoff. That's what we were told. Well, basically, we found out that they would never allow a team to get ranked high enough to make a 14 playoff. So, the 12 team, I, I guess they're saying, forget your rankings. We don't trust you. We want an automatic bid. Now, I think the conferences can get around that by doing what I wish they would have done in the first place and only expand the playoff to eight teams. If we go to eight, and we say four automatic bids for the new power four, because there isn't a power five anymore, there's a power four, and then we just say, hey, there's four automatic bids, and there's four at-larges. If you're really good, if you're a top 18, I think the group of five still has a good chance, right? The UCF team, at least in 2018, maybe not that first one in 17, because they didn't finish in the top eight, they were number 12 going into bowl season. And then in bowl season, they proved that maybe they belonged, right? But that's one way that they could get in, right? In 2018, UCF finished number eight. So they would have gotten in. Now, the group of five is not going to like that. They're not going to want to have to battle their way in like that. But I think that's what these conferences are going to try to maybe make them do and go back to. Because at the end of the day, the Big Ten, the SEC, they're not really gonna get more teams in with eight and twelve. If you really like if you went back at that history that I laid you out of the playoff from 2014 to 2019, the SEC, the Big Ten, they were gonna get their teams in. Most of the time that was gonna happen under the eight team format. Right? So I think the new Power Four will be okay with that format. Because If we go to 12, they're still missing two spots, right? Because you'd have to give an automatic bid to this new Big 12 that basically is going to be like a group of five conference, right? Again, sorry, Big 12 fans. It's just the reality. It's just the reality. It might not happen overnight, right? Maybe the first couple years of the Big 12 staying at eight or bringing in a couple American teams or whoever they bring in, they have a couple conference champions that live up. But as time goes by... And you don't have any of those brands. Your just recruiting is going to go down, and it's it's just they're not going to be at a power conference level. That's just it's just the reality. So, I don't think the new Power Four is going to want a future where the new Big Twelve champion gets in, and basically the American champion gets in, because they're going to be looking at saying, hey. Those two conferences aren't on our level. And if you're the SEC, you don't even think the other power conferences are on your level. So do you really want to give up your playoff spots, your potential playoff spots to what could be like an eight and four new big twelve team or American conference team, right? Like think about how many years the group of five best team like' in twenty fourteen, Boise stayed at number twenty. In 2015, Houston at 18, like those were good teams, but do we really want them in a postseason? I don't know. I don't know. I think some, you can go either way. I'm not saying I'm totally against it, but you just don't know. So the future of the playoff, what is it going to be? All I can guarantee, almost, (laughs) is that we're not going to have the 12-team format that was originally proposed. Because I think with what's happened in the Big 12, that's not going to happen. I I don't see a 12-team playoff future where the Big 12 gets an automatic bid and so does another group of five school champion. I just don't see that. I think that the Alliance, along with the SEC, that's going to be their negotiating power. And that's really their motive for delaying the playoff, right? Everybody's looking for the angle like... Is delaying the playoff really going to hurt the SEC? Like, why would the Alliance do that? And I think people are just missing the point. I think everybody's looking way, way, way longer term than they were. Texas and Oklahoma, guys, it was a backstab in the world of sports. Forget if you were the Big 12 or you were the SEC. Everybody was shocked by it. And what everybody is realizing is that you can't be thinking a year ahead, five years ahead. You got to be thinking at least 10 years ahead more like 15, 20 years ahead. And I think that's what everybody's trying to get a hold of. It's like, whoa, 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 let's not enter a new 12-team format where this new Big 12 is going to be invited, right? Let's, let's change things up. And I think that's why ESPN and the other three conferences have an incentive to break up the Big 12. Now, that being said, the Pac-12 said today they weren't interested in expanding and pulling any Big 12 teams away which kind of means maybe they're not doing what I just said. Now, I saw a tweet from Heather Dinich today, who I love. She's one of my favorite college football writers, always has been, back to her days of covering, you know, just ACC back in, like, you know, the 2007 days. But she was like, she said that, okay, the Pac-12 didn't do that because they knew that would tear apart the Big 12, right? And I guess what she meant by that is, like, we all know that if the Big 12 falls apart— the SEC gets Oklahoma and Texas even sooner. And I guess everybody's trying to delay that. I mean, I don't know why the Alliance has an interest in delaying that. Like, who cares if it happens now or later if you're those schools? Obviously, the Big 12 has a huge incentive to delay that because they want to keep Texas and OU and their money in the conference as long as possible and buy themselves time while they figure out how to save themselves, even though they've already fallen off the cliff And it's a giant, giant fall. And they've got all this time. And it's enough time to reflect on like what you could have done differently. But you're still falling off the cliff and nothing's going to save you. There's no parachute. There's no way to climb back up. You just got to ride out this long fall and rethink your life and hope you go to heaven, I guess. So that's the Big 12. But the other conferences, I mean, unless they have some sort of plan to stop the move and keep the Big 12 alive somehow, which I just don't see how that's possible, then I don't know why they would care. In fact, like I said, I think they also would be incentivized to have the Big 12 disband so they can move forward with a playoff that is better for them, better for the SEC, and realistically just probably better for the sport at this point. I mean, I don't know if I want two automatic bids going to two conference champions that aren't really from power leagues. I I don't know. Future college football is crazy, guys. It's shaky. And we'll see where it goes. It's super interesting. I I think this entire topic is crazy. And again, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm not looking at it good at all. Maybe I have no idea what I'm talking about. But when I really sat down and thought about this, I feel like this makes a lot of sense. And I'm not sure why we're not hearing about this. So again, guys, tweet at me email me and give me your thoughts on this whole thing okay you can email me at let's talk college football at gmail.com. you can find me at twitter at michael underscore k87 right that's my personal twitter and again the show is available on youtube apple podcast spotify google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts we have the youtube channel because again, eventually, I'm going to get some video formatted content coming out. Probably not going to be till around October. But I am uploading every episode as well as shortcut segments from each episode to YouTube. So find the YouTube channel, comment. If you guys find the videos, find the thumbnails. I'm going to be looking at comments. I'm going to be checking emails. And I'm going to be on Twitter because I want to address some of these. And maybe at the end of future shows coming up, I'll address it on the show, or I'll reach back out to you on Twitter via email, respond to your comment, because the whole point of the show, guys, is I want to have these types of discussions with other college football fans, and let's all talk about college football, right? Let's talk college football. That's the show. So let me know what you guys think. Did everything I just say make no sense? Am I dumb? Or do you agree? Does it make a lot of sense? What do you think the future of college football is as it pertains to the conferences, the playoff, all of it. I want to know. Thanks. Talk to you guys later.